This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. As we continue on, Mike Quinella this weekend, Curtis Lewa. WABC stands for Always Broadcasting, Curtis, as I take you to the 5 o'clock hour. And then I pass it off to the Staten Island Prince, Vinnie Madunio, and the battle over who's going to get Pete Davidson's condo overlooking the uh, vast New York City terrain from Staten Island as he's abandoning ship heading to Brooklyn. Will it be Vinny Matunio's on from 5 to 6 or the other side of midnight? Frank Morano claims he will replace Pete Davidson as the king of Staten Island. Wait, the floodlights are on in just a few hours starting at 6 o'clock. The incredible WABC extravaganza on what would be, if he were alive, the 107th birthday of Frank Sinatra. I see there are a number of people arriving now, men stylishly showing their Boulevard watches. Yeah, that's almost like a prerequisite to get into this limited edition VIP party. Ramsey Mazda, I mean, there's signage everywhere as they sponsor every Sunday, 6 to 8, Joe Piscopo, the Jersey Shore kid doing Frank Sinatra classics. And today, it's going to be live music with a band, with Joe Piscopo, with other guests. And people already queued up. They're already lined up. Look at these floodlights. This is incredible. It's like a a brand new uh, film opening up out in Hollywood. Incredible. John and Margot Katsimatidis, our owners and operators, have turned uh, this place upside down. It, it looks it looks like almost one of the old MGM movie studios, the way they prepared it, under the tutelage of the president of Red Apple Media, our parent company, Chad Lopez. Anyway, you're going to hear it live. You can go on the stream at WABCradio.com, starting from 6 to 8. And then guess what? After Dina Martin uh, does the Dean Martin Classic, yep, I return again from 9 to 12. So let's get right down to it. As you know, I am not a man in the streets. No, 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 no. I'm a man of the streets. All 68 years, soon to be 69, spent down in Dante's Inferno. That's what I call it now, in the belly of the beast, the subways. From the age of five, I was riding the subways on my own. Last stop of what they used to call the LL train, lousy line, until all of a sudden hipsters and millennials colonized north and central Brooklyn 
And then they truncated it. L-Line, oh, express service, the best service in the entire system. For the rest of you, though, if you ride the D train, hey, you get bumpkins, you get ugats, you get crime, you get filth, you get homeless people, you get emotionally disturbed. You get a little bit of that, too, on the L train. But, hey, clear the path for the hipsters and millennials from Bushwick, Aberdeen, on the outskirts of the hood. Right on through Bedford Avenue, downtown Brooklyn. Uh, we'll call that Hipsterville. And then into the city of New York. And why am I talking about that? Why am I playing this classic dance song in honor of uh, homeless folks, especially homeless women? Let me tell you something. It has all to do with Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan because he is uh, on national TV. He's on every radio station, including with our own uh, Sid Rosenberg in the mornings, 6 to 10, Monday through Fridays, with a new name for the show, Sid Rosenberg and Friends. Let me tell you something. I want it changed. Sid Rosenberg, Friends, Fiends, and Foes. Friends, Fiends, and Foes. Try to say that 10 times uh, fast. And actually, I am a foe, and I will be on with Sid Rosenberg. He has invited me to come on twice a week now in the mornings. 7.05 tomorrow, Monday, and probably towards the latter part of the week, to act as the antidote to him schlepping around, kissing the tochus of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And the reason I say that is he's touting this plan to remove emotionally disturbed and homeless people, forcibly if necessary, from the subways, if, in fact, it is determined that they cannot take care of themselves They cannot feed themselves, close themselves, survive, or if they're a danger to themselves and everyone else. Sounds like a good plan, right? Problem is, there is no plan. And the people who need to know first and foremost are the cops. Because the cops are on the front line. There are no health workers down in the subways. There are no crisis intervention homeless workers. That's all specious. That's nonsense. I'm down there each and every day. I'm in the armpit of the cesspool of crime in the city of New York that's had a 40% increase in crime. The subways, they're not down there. The cops, they're the ones who have to respond to an EDP call or a homeless person in distress call. We'll call it SOS for the purposes that there are a lot of folks, particularly on a day like today, who are in total distress. It's cold out. It's rainy, it's drizzly, it's miserable. You feel it in the marrow of your bone. You got to layer up with clothes. But imagine you're wearing the same oldie moldy clothes day in, day out. Day in, day out. Before we get into the nuances of that, because nobody understands this problem better than yours truly. Let me give a shout out here to WABC. A gnome lady, finally. No oldie moldy news on the weekend. Oh my God, a live broadcast. Relevant news to the number one news talk station in the nation. That's the way it should be, you know. Easier to get to be number one when John and Margot Katzmatidis resurrected us like Lazarus from the dead. From the scrap heap, we were going, going, gone like a sister station at WPLJ when Cumulus, a multinational corporation that doesn't even know how many radio stations it has, nor do they care, tossed us to the scrap heap. We would have had to end up speaking Mandarin, Cantonese, Yiddish, Hindi, Spanish, you name it, in order for this medium to have stayed alive. 
Thank God we've been resurrected. And thank God that John and Margo, in their infinite wisdom as listeners to WABC, understood that especially on the weekends, enough of the politics. You get hit over the head morning, noon, and night, Monday through Fridays. You know, Biden sucks, right? The Republicans are the greatest gift to the world since Jesus Christ walked on the Sea of Galilee and turned, what, fish and loaves to feed the thousands of the poor and impoverished? Please, enough of that. I get migraines myself, and I have to listen to that mission, guys. Yeah, yeah, we'll give you a little bit of that. But this is entertainment. This is theater of the mind. This is what this thing of ours is about. AM, active-minded radio. 50,000 powerful watts of sound from our Tower of Power in Lodi with our sister station, WLIRFM. FM, the acronym standing for freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana, Frank Morano, and yes... President of our WLIR operation out to the east end of Long Island, Frank McKay. Okay, it's part of what we do, but the power is in AM. And let me just say, this is a, a warning shot fired over the bow of Elon Musk. I know he's a hero to all of you because you say he saved Twitter from the Democrats, the liberals, the progressives that were blocking out conservative free speech. I get it. Do you know nefariously while all that is going on, he has removed AM radios from all of his electric cars coming off the assembly lines. No AM radios. And who's followed suit? Well, of course, Ford and General Motors and Chrysler and all of the foreign car companies, right? Hi, hi, hi. Toyota. Hi, hi, hi. Let's go on down the line. Hyundai and South Korea. They're all removing AM radios. They have tried to destroy this thing that we so love. They're not going to do it. We've drawn the gauntlet, the line, the demarcation line. And today, with the implementation of live and local news on the weekends, man, we're digging in. This is like the Ukraine versus Russia. It's going to be an all-out war. They are trying to stifle Our free speech, which is belted out on 50,000 powerful watts of sound. Now, you may say, okay, Curtis, I get it. You're old school. You listen to terrestrial radio like so many of you. But, you know, I don't depend on my car radio. Okay, I got it. Your van radio, your radio on your 18-wheel tractor trailer. You got the app in your iPhone, your smartphone, whatever phone you got, the Obama phone, the Motorola burner phone that many of you guys have because, you know, you're talking to you gumadas, and at the end of a month, you got to toss that burner phone. I get it. So you get the app. You don't let these individuals destroy this thing of ours. This is the fifth time in my lifetime. I'll be 69 March 26, 19, uh, <laughs> excuse me, 2023. And you know all the people who have tried to snuff me in my life. I think I'll make it. I'm like a cat with nine lives. I've used eight of them. I got one more left. One more left in the cylinder. But I will tell you this. Five times in my lifetime, they predicted the demise of AM radio. So now your hero, Elon Musk, oh, he can do no wrong. He has saved conservative free speech. Okay, I'll give you that. But he's trying to take it away on AM radio. He has led... And the other creators of electronic cars are following. They are saying no to AM radios. In fact, so when somebody breaks into an electric car, you know, with your fop, your fop, or whatever they call that, they're looking for an AM radio, tough noogies. They got no AM radio. You just put a sign on the window, right? No AM radio, right? With a cross to it. Absolutely. 
absolutely not. And you know what their specious argument is? Elon Musk and others say that electric vehicles generate more electromagnetic interference than gas-powered cars, which can disrupt the reception of AM signals and cause static noise and a high-frequency hum. Hum. Hum, yum, kill. You know, like the uh, Rajneesh uh, used to do. Like, uh, who is that? Uh, oh, my God, they're dancing around. they got the dots on their head. Uh, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare, Hare, Hare Krishna. Hum, hum, yo, re, me, kill, or whatever they call it. Hey, this is crazy. They're trying to eliminate this thing of ours. You got to listen to John Katzmatidis, our owner-operator, great talk show host in his own right, because oftentimes on his 5 o'clock roundtable discussion, he has Dr. Mikolos and others who describe... How having an electronic car, electric car, could cause you a lot of problems. I don't know if it uh, actually will sap the amount of uh, little fishes that are floating around when you guys are deciding to procreate. But almost, they're almost at that. And then all of a sudden, if everything goes kaboom, how is the FDNY or any fire department going to put it out the fire because it's almost impossible with those specialized batteries in those cars? So what do they do? Do they improve the batteries? No. They remove AM radio. It's war. War to save this thing of ours. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then they have a list of all these trendoids and freakazoids who don't even know what AM radio is. Active-minded. AM is the time they wake up in the morning if they can. And they say, oh, it's such inferior reception and noise. I want the clear sound of FM. Well, what the hell? You can hear FM maybe a few miles away, but can you hear it in 38 states, parts of Canada, a sliver of Europe, and right on over the Bahamas where the Bahamian corrupt leaders are protecting FTX coin boy, Sam Coins, which have now become scam coins, who has said he's going to appear before the House of Representatives to give testimony about his cryptocurrency Ponzi scamming, even though Maxine Waters said, eh, we don't need you. We don't want you to implicate all the Democrats in your wine dining the parking line. And naturally nearby Bermuda, which was the first place that our own cousin Brucey broadcast from. A lot of people don't realize that. Cousin Brucey, proud graduate of Madison High School. Madison High School, we are here. Along with uh, Schmuck the Putz, Chuck E. Cheese, Schumer, Ufa, Bernie the Altacaca, Sanders, a double Ufa. And of course... The great cousin, Brucey, what can we say? That, that's thumbs up. And you know where he learned his radio craft? At Brooklyn Tech High School. They had a radio club. So after school, he would go all the way into Fort Greene. He'd have to run through a phalanx of guys who were trying to give him beatdowns on his way from the G-Train. He would learn about radio. He went to NYU to become a violet. He perfected his radio communicational skills, but nobody would give him a job. Can you believe that? In this beautiful thing of ours, nobody would give Cousin Brucey a job. He sent out resume after resume. Finally, he gets an offshore call. I don't know if it was from a pirate radio station in Bermuda, but they said, Cousin Brucey, we need you. Now you know the rest of the story. And what was he on AM, active-minded radio? Elon Musk, you may be the savior of uh, Twitter. For all those twits out there who love to tweet, but you're coming for this thing of ours. It's war. It's war. We're digging in. We ain't giving up our AM radios. You tried this five times before, and you're not going to win now. 1-800-848-9222. 
That's 1-800-848-WABC. And on this homeless issue, as Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Oh, wait a second. That's right. He announced this initiative to forcibly, if necessary, remove homeless people and emotionally disturbed people from the subways. But before he did that, he decided to cut and run to Qatar. And remember what he said? Uh, 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 end the music here. I want to hear what the mayor said before on our dime. He headed to Qatar to watch three days of World Cup. For the uh, the uh, Qatar's trip, uh, I'm, it's on my dime. When I do my dime, I could do my time. And I won't hear one, anyone whine. Now, wait a second. Let me hear that again. <laughs> Look at him laugh. Look at him laugh, right? He said, the Qatar's trip, it's on my dime. When I do my dime, I can do my time. Now, when you say, when I do my dime, that has uh, multiple uh, meanings. Now, a dime, is that like uh, a dime bag, a briefer? Is that like a dime of cocaine, you know, a little blow? Or does it mean you're dime? Like uh, we're going to hear in a few hours at 6, Frank Sinatra. You know, this was the anniversary when uh, Frank Jr. was kidnapped out of his hotel room while performing in Lake Tahoe by three thugs. And I'll never forget the story as it was related to me. In fact, I did two hours of a Frank Sinatra super spectacular last, uh, well, in the morning hours, just hours ago in advance of, uh, look at it, people are lining up as we speak. My God, they got the, the light towers going here. Incredible. You got all kinds of <laughs> the floodlights. Guys showing their Boulevard watches. Hey, I see you got your Boulevard watch on. You can get in, guy. You don't have a Boulevard watch. You got one of those Rolodex watches, those knockoff watches. They ain't letting you in. The ladies dressed in their finest. Oh, my God. Ramsey Mazda signage everywhere. You're missing the Frank Sinatra extravaganza of all time. But anyway, you're going to hear it at WABC 6 to 8. You can watch the stream, WABCradio.com. But this is the anniversary of the week where Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped. Three thugs kidnap him right after his performance. They hold him hostage. All of a sudden, Giancana, the head of organized crime in Chicago, calls his very dear Frank Frank Sinatra. Say, hey, you want us to handle this, Frank? He said, no, I already called the FBI. Oh, that's forever busting Italians. We can't have nothing uh, to do with this. So Frank Sinatra was going to pay telephones negotiating the release of his son, Frank Jr., with a pocket full of dimes. Because, remember, you couldn't do it from a home phone. The thugs thought A was wired like a Christmas tree. You had a call from pay phones. So he had a pocket full of dimes. Originally, he was going to offer a million dollars in cash for his release. I think they broke it down to 250000 And then Frank Jr. was released. And from then on, Frank, Frank Sr., Frank Sinatra, would always have dimes in his pocket. When he was laid to rest in his crypt, in his casket, in his final uh, suit with the pants, in the pants pocket was a whole roll of dimes in honor of what he went through when his son was kidnapped and he felt all was lost. Because remember, at that very same time, his friend Carlo Gambino's sons were kidnapped, remember? <laughs> it was like simultaneous all over the country. So I give you the good, the bad, the ugly. You had the two hours in advance. You learned everything you had never heard about Frank Sinatra before, the good, the bad, the ugly, but oh, what an extravaganza you're going to get. But I'm going to give you my summation of how Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, has claimed that he has a plan to remove the emotionally disturbed and the homeless, and he knows it ain't going nowhere. Because who knows where all the bones are buried, yours truly, Curtis Lee. 
Who has talked to the people who would have to oversee this project? Yours truly, Curtis Sliwa. And most importantly, it's still dependent on proactive intervention by the police who haven't been told Jack Diddley squat anything of what they are supposed to do. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Yeah, Jackson Brown is owed to liars for hire, ambulance chasers. In our tri-state area, there are 10 lawyers for every one regular citizen. We see 1-800-LIARS-FOR-HIRE everywhere. 1-800-LIARS-FOR-HIRE. And they practice a martial art, even though many of them were geeks when they went to school. They were nerds. You know, they were, let's face it, they were the people that you gave nunces and bunces. And as I told to all my Supreme Cuisine cousins, stop picking on these mostly Jewish kids because one day they're going to be on the parole board. Hey, Crazy Sal, Crazy Vinny, Crazy Joey, they're going to remember you. Here it is, you're before the parole board. And they're going to say, I'm not recusing myself. I remember in Mrs. Wilson's class at PS 114 when you bunched me, when you nunched me, when you embarrassed me. We're turning down your parole, right? I, I warned my cousin, say, listen. But many of them went on to become lawyers. And it's not just uh, Jews, Italians, all different groups. They, they march together in the same tune. It's almost like you have 18,000 of them in Madison Square Garden practicing their martial art. I sue, I sue, I sue. And they know the corporation council in New York City, unlike... When my Kumbada Cheech was in charge, Rudy Giuliani, who said, don't settle. Contest every claim, every slip and fall claim, every civil rights claim, every claim against the city. You go into court and you say, we're not settling. Well, naturally, with Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, it's back to the way it was under Dinkins and Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who single-handedly destroyed this city that we love. Right now, you file a claim, it's... I sue one, you, nothing as the taxpayers because corporation council, they sit down, they have a new tax at the cafe, a little biscuit, and they settle. They said, what would you settle for? He said, well, you know, I got a few paper cuts here and, you know, uh, I got a staple in my finger putting together these papers. You know, uh, that's, that's painful. That's injury on my part. I get a third of the action here. I'm incontinent. I'm impotent now. You know, I'll never be able to lead a normal life. Okay, we'll give you a few million dollars at the taxpayer's expense. That's what they bank on. And right now, there are a legion, a phalanx of lawyers who have read the paper-thin plan that Eric Adams has proposed to forcibly remove the homeless and emotionally disturbed from the subways. And they see it's got more holes than Swiss cheese coming from Wisconsin. 
Look, here's my theory about Eric Adams' plan to deal with the homeless and mentally ill in the subways. He knows he has no effective plan to deal with the growing homeless and mentally ill problem on the subways. So that he doesn't have to admit failure, he puts forth a half-baked plan that he knows will be stopped by the courts. And then he can blame others for taking no action. He can say that he tried, but he was blocked every step of the way. You see how he bails out on this? But look, there is no plan here. And I'll tell you what, enough of that Jackson Brown. I hate that song. I hate lawyers. Oh, by the way, I'm married to one, right, Nancy, right? The animal rescuer. You don't want to miss it tonight. 11 or 12, she's an e-attorney. Nancy, I make an exception for, but other lawyers, I despise them. I loathe them. Because all they do is sue, 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 sue. So let me tell you the inside story of what's going on here, how I know that this is a plan doomed to fail, and how Eric Adams did it on the fly, on his way to Qatar, a taxpayer's expense. You're going to see that story come about in the next week or so, because it ain't on his dime. But this is what's happening. Let me break it down to you. I walk up to the cops in the subways, the few cops that I run into. I say, hey, what are you going to do, you know, now to forcibly remove the homeless and the emotionally disturbed? I don't know. It's like Alfred E. Newman, What Me Worry, a Mad Magazine. I said, have they given you any operational orders? Because the cops, it's a paramilitary operation. I don't know, Chris. They haven't told us anything. I said, I'm riding the E-Train today, as I was today, coming to WABC. The E-Train is the only subway line that is completely underground. And the homeless know, and the emotionally disturbed know, that's the line you want to ride. It's the moving no-tell motel Holiday Inn Express for homeless and emotionally disturbed. From the World Trade Center site, it's underground, all the way to Jamaica Station, last stop. And uh, they can basically um, beg for money from the many tourists who then take the monorail out to JFK. Or they come in on the J train there. And there are MTA cops there who basically hold up the turnstiles. They do nothing. They're the state cops. They're there to protect property, Long Island Railroad property, MTA property, Metro North property. They do nothing about nothing other than stare there and stare at their navel. And naturally, they look at their cell phone, iPhone, and they're sexting and texting all the time. That's the MTA cops. So I say to myself, now, you know that this is where they go, the E-train. They migrate there. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you got to think like a homeless person. you got to think survival. The one thing that a billionaire has to do and a person who is poor and impoverished and riding on the trains, they got to eliminate at some point, right? Where are you going to find a bathroom? Hey, Starbucks, uh, even Howard Schultz is, uh, you know, hey, my employees are suing me. Actually, my partners are suing me, right? They're closing Starbucks. No more homeless people in our bathrooms. Where are they going to go to the bathroom? So they know there are two bathrooms along the E train. And, man, there's a queue outside. There are like eight bathrooms open in the entire subway system when you go in to take care of your duties. If you're a male, it's like queer eyes on the back of a straight guy. The pervs are in there like, what the hell? I can't even uh, shake my little Johnny here without 52 people watching me. Women are getting attacked by thugs and predators. It's an unsafe environment. MTA maintenance people in the subways don't want to go in and clean it without having a hazmat suit on and police guards with AR-15s. So the homeless people, they got to be dexterous. They got to survive. They need food, but more than food, they need water, because if they dehydrate, whatever psychosis they have gets that much worse. So they're going to find a place that they can get water, like absolutely in the uh, 
Kalahari Desert, you know, when they find a watering hole and then all the animals queue up because without water, you die. 80% of your body is water. You dehydrate, you're dead. And if you have any kind of psychosis or psychological disorders, they are embellished. So water first, food second. Now, where do you get the food? In the garbage cans. And it just so happens that where the E-Train goes, it happens to be amongst people who uh, make a few coins. So they eat half a sandwich from Wednesdays, uh, Wendy's and they dump it in the can. And the homeless person or emotionally disturbed person go in there, they'll eat it. And if there's a half a container of Coca-Cola left, they'll drink it right out. I've seen it so many times. It breaks your heart. So we think that Eric Adams is going to lead them to the promised land, to shelters. First off, he has just gone on record as saying, I hate rats. If I see a rat during the day, I'm afraid of rats. I'm obsessed all day long. I can't do anything. Rats, 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 rats. Proving to me he does not go in the subways. Because if you go in the subways, especially in the wee hours of the morning, there they are on the platforms. The rats are dancing, the horror, the tarantella, the cryptans. And they're looking at you like, hey, this is our turf. Get the hell out of here. Then if you go in the shelters, all you got to do is go to Randall's Island. You go into that men's shelter there, you see the rats, you see the vermin, you see the mice, you see the rodents. You see men beating up one another. It's Darwinian survival of the fistest. 50% of those in uh, men's shelters, single able-bodied men, are just getting out of prison. And what do you think? Prison rules, right? So if you're old, you're impoverished, you're feeble, you're emotionally disturbed, man, they come all over you, man. And then you decide, would I rather ride on the E-train all night, all day long, take my risk there, or do I want to stay in a men's shelter, or worse yet, a mica shelter for the emotionally disturbed? The mayor's never been in a mica shelter. I've been in a few. It's like Dante's Inferno. If I happen to be in a position where, let's just say, hypothetically, Nancy kicked me to the curb. Hey, conceivable, it's happened before. And I had to go to a shelter with the, uh, the plastic, black plastic garbage bag. Whenever you see a guy with a black plastic garbage bag, you know his old lady has kicked him out. He's looking for a place to go because he's done her dirty, right? So he's walking around. He ends up in a shelter. And it's Mishigash, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mishigash. The man doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He has no plan. The courts are going to block him because there's no substance. And tomorrow, I am going to confront his number one supporter at WABC, his newfound friend, Sid Rosenberg, on this. Because apparently there's been a break in their love affair. On Friday, Sid Rosenberg, you got to listen to him, Monday through Fridays now, 6 to 10, renamed, rebranded. Sid Rosenberg, friends, and I would say fiends and foes. I'm the foe. He has said, Curtis, I'm getting so much uh, negative feedback because all of my friends here, Bo Deedle and uh, Congressman Peter King, are kissing Eric Adams' uh, tuchus along with me that I need a foe. And so now I'll be on twice a week. And tomorrow I'm going to confront him and I'll say, Sid, you're going to come with me on the A train. You and Lou, your board operator, you live out in the Irish Riviera, right? You live out in Bell Harbor and the Ponds, there, Rockaway Beach, Breezy Point, Broad Channel, Howard Beach. That's where a lot of our listeners are. You're coming to ride with me on the A-train, right? No, no. Well, 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 your friend, right? Eric Adams said he's going to deal with all this. Hell no. I'd rather hitchhike. I'd rather walk. You know, like, what was that, Camel? Oh, no, Marlboro, right? The Marlboro man, remember, he put his uh, feet up on the table. He had a big hole in his shoe. Yeah, yeah, um, not Lou. Lou. Lou, he wears sneakers. But Sid, he's got those Ferragamos, just like his very dear friend Eric Adams, right? They both are Ferragamos guys.
That's why this homeless, emotionally disturbed removal program in the subways is not going to work. It's destined to fail. And Eric Adams knows that. So then he could say, I tried, I tried, I tried. See, they're all against me, including that Curtis Sliwa. You're damn right. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Up next, we got to talk about the plague of locusts coming through the cornfields. Shoplifters and boosters rule in the five boroughs of New York City. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how could I get some dead presidents? I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid, so I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up. This is a hole-up. Ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling. You still don't nothing move but the money. But now I learn to earn because I'm righteous. I feel great, so maybe... Yeah, doesn't have to pull a toolie anymore and stick it in your back and say your money or your life in an ATM vestibule. He knows there's a hell of a lot better way to make that fat cash. You walk in to any kind of a retail establishment, especially if you're in Manhattan, the Bronx, and Brooklyn, and you say to the clerks, the cashiers, you say, hey, let's say you're in Midtown, 34th and 8th. You say, can I have my Alvin Bragg swag bag? Look. I'm here just to shoplift a boost. I'm not going to shoot. I'm not going to loot. Now, look, I come in peace. I leave in peace. Just don't try to block me because I got a single-edged razor, man. I learned to use this upstate when they had me doing time in Attica for murder, triple life without parole. But then they gave me a break. They parole me out. So they tell you all this nonsense. And the security officers, oh, 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 no, they told me not to do anything. So just roll out of here. Just don't slit my throat. And then what is Alvin Bragg, Swagger, Swagger Man's best friend, who never names and shames him do? He cuts him loose. And they get arrested 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times. They post a child for shoplifting and boostering. So now what's happened? As crime continues to accelerate in this city that we love, all five boroughs, all Rite Aid stores in Manhattan are closing. Now, why are they closing? They got plenty of business, right? But... They can't keep items on the shelf. As soon as they pack out a shelf, they can't keep everything behind glass and cages and bars. You know, they don't have enough people working. Uh, I'll fix. Please, we need an attendant. Uh, uh, we have uh, a need here for St. Joseph's baby aspirin. Yeah, they got to keep that behind glass now. They steal everything. They're like locusts through the cornfield. So... All Rite Aid stores are closing in Manhattan. Now you say, well, how many stores is that? That's 27. That's just Rite Aid. We're not even talking CBS, Walgreens, Dwayne Reed. Yeah, they've closed a few. And then you got 34 in Brooklyn. They're next. Kirkland. Then you got 18 in the Bronx. Well, forget them. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna turn into uh, pop-up stores for illegal marijuana before they ever become legal stores for the sale of recreational marijuana. So you got 2,300 throughout the United States of America, 318 Rite Aid stores throughout New York State from Buffalo to Brooklyn. 
And notice, what's the first place they're closing them all? Manhattan, Alvin Bragg land. Has the mayor uh, of the city of New York uh, chastised Alvin Bragg? Have you ever heard him say, Alvin Bragg, you got to knock this off? No. In uh, the words of the immortal Bernard McGurk, as we broadcast from this studio, all of us here, named after him, his uh, untimely death because of prostate cancer. And remember, if there's a lesson to be learned, they're fit, vigorous. I mean, he was the greatest of all time as a producer and also as a broadcast uh, a hero of ours here at WABC. We are broadcasting from the Bernard McGurk studio. He would have been alive had he gotten a PSA test, simple blood test. Let me tell you, there's an alumni group here. First, it was Rudy. He luckily had a PSA test in the waning time of his prostate cancer, or he would have been six feet under in a pine box. I, too, same situation, 2012. Stage four prostate cancer, exactly what Bernard had except his metastasized to his liver. Luckily, mine did not. They caught it in time. Look, it's a simple blood test. You just prick your finger. Guys, stop thinking you're going to become a eunuch. You're going to become incontinent, uh, incapable of ever having sex, having to go to the woman's bathroom because you you won't be able to use the urinal. You'll have to cop and squat, right? You know, you'll have to claim you're non-binary. Don't worry. That doesn't happen. 99% of the prostate cancer cases can be resolved now, but you got to get tested first. And ladies, the toughest, roughest guys, who are tougher and rougher than Rudy Giuliani, Curtis Lewa, and Bernard McGurk, who up in the Monroe Housing Project, a white Irish guy, surrounded by a lot of black guys who wanted to rip them limb from limb, right? And yet... The mere thought of giving a blood test, pricking the finger of blood, how many guys say no? If there's one New Year's resolution you make coming up when the ball drops at one time center, uh, one time square, is to get your men, folk. Women, I give you, uh, I give you license to nag them, uh, to cajole them, to be endlessly on their case. Children, likewise, grandchildren, you got to do it. Uh, that PSA blood test saves lives. And we're going to continue to speak that in honor of uh, passing of our colleague Bernard McGurk, we're going to have a prostate cancer run awareness, which was discontinued. I don't understand by Channel 7 locally. It used to be good. And you know who the two, the two chairmen were one year? Me and Rudy. And we hadn't been diagnosed with prostate cancer yet. And now there's no prostate cancer run. There's a run for everything else, every conceivable disease, even Ebola, flesh-eating virus, right? There's a run. You know more about that than prostate cancer. Okay, I get off my bully pulpit right now. Let me talk about a thing that I know even more about, shoplifting and boosting. Oh, my God. Did you see that situation at Target up in the Bronx next to Yankee Stadium? They have a mall there. I salute that uh, private security officer, 20-year-old guy. He, he nabs a 16-year-old shoplifter. 16-year-old shoplifter, as he's escorting him out, gives him a hard time. They try to get into the elevator. They fall down the shaft. The first guys at the FDN, rec- I mean, rec- rescue, the FDNY, the fire department, is the 16-year-old shoplifter because he's on top of the elevator uh, box. Below the elevator box is the hero private security officer. It takes him an extra hour. He's in serious shape. I guarantee you, I know what Target is going to do. They're going to fire him. They're going to say, we told you, don't physically intervene. Don't be a hero. And then, you know, Target's going to get fined by this 16-year-old mutton scale who's probably done it a number of times. And Darcel Clark, 
the uh, district attorney in the Bronx, who is the female version of Alvin Bragg, who turns all the criminals loose, she's going to turn this 16-year-old mutt and scale loose, who's going to go out and do it again and again and high-fi his homies and say, see, I got it like that, plus I'm suing Tarjay. Tarjay admitted that this past year, in what they call organized retail crime, they've lost across the United States $400 million alone this year. And they're closing Target's because of it. His international headquarters is in Minneapolis. That's right. Next to the Pillsbury Doughboy. That Pillsbury, that's their international headquarters. And guess what? They have just as much shoplifting there now as they have here in New York. And remember, Minneapolis is where they had one of the first Nordstroms. If any of you remember Nordstrom, they lay all the apparel out on the counters. You want to try the jewelry, it's all there. Then they opened up their first uh, store in a Bergen Mall. You know, Mall County, uh, Bergen County, closed on Sundays. And then all of a sudden, the pickpockets, the jostlers, the shoplifters, the boosters were taking New Jersey Transit bus from the Port Authority into the malls in Bergen County, right to Nordstrom's. And all of a sudden, the Nordstrom employee said, I laid stuff out on the counter. It's gone. Well, you got to lock it up. Keep it in lock and key. That's the problem. And you're going to see what's going to happen to this guy. Meantime, the NYPD, who normally is the first line of defense, they've been neutered. They've been rendered impotent. Finally, cops are deciding, you know what? Nobody's got our back. Not the mayor, not the missing in action police commissioner, Sewell, who won't even move to New York City. Interesting side story about Sewell. When you get hired as police commissioner, you have six months to establish residency in the five boroughs. She lives outside of Valley Stream in Nassau County. She was told, you know, your six months are up. you got to move into the city. Hell no, it's too dangerous in the city. I ain't moving into the city. This is what she said. She's the police commissioner. So I want to take you to 116th Street and Lexington Avenue in the heart of the hood. Here it is outside Mickey D's. Remember the Mickey D's there? It's open 24-7-365 where the... Um, the young lady behind the counter from Puerto Rico, remember, when a fiend came in who had worked there previously, he knew the lay of the land. He pistol whipped the manager. He wanted the money, and then he put the gun to the cashier's head. Remember, she was begging for her life, and he shot her over and over. Right there, it's still open 24-7, no security. So finally, the cops say, man, that's it. We're clearing this place out. And look at the beef and the threats to bust their teeth that came from these mutts and skells who hang out there 24-7-365. Why you putting hands on me? Y'all got this? Yo, get, get his, uh, get his uh, precinct. Get his precinct. You got it? All right, good. No, I ain't going to spit on it. I'm going to get locked up. This is going to be a lawsuit. going to be a lawsuit. So they actually, the cops push him away, did the right thing. They're filming it, right? The cop even shows the badge here. You got me. And then he goes and he puts his hands behind his back. Lock me up. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you. And then, you know, he's going to claim that, oh, you know, he can't straighten up any longer. He can't have sex. He's incontinent. You know, and then they're going to uh, he's going to get a uh, liar for hire, an ambulance chaser. They're going to file a lawsuit, corporation counsel. And under Eric Adams, like it was under de Blasio, settle, 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 settle. The lawyer gets a third. It's extortion at its worst. In the meantime, the cop is left feeling like, who's got my back? Nobody's got their back. Not Sewell, missing in action, police commissioner. Not Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And not Mickey D's. How dare you keep that Mickey D's open 24-7-365. You had an employee who was shot and killed. You got guys hanging out all day long like skeletons and mutts. 
just shaking down your customers, shaking down people walking down 116th election. You're making mad money there, Mickey D's. You should have armed security. There. Like in Philadelphia, you see it, that British Petroleum station there. You see the guy with the AR-15, man. <laughs> he looks serious, right? Come on to this property, man, and I'll shoot you full of lead. Ain't nobody messing with that BP in Philadelphia. That's what you got to do. Remember that movie with, what was it, Ice Cube, Ice Tray, Ice Tea, Vanilla Ice, one of those ices. Oh, yeah, Ice Cube Friday. Remember South Central L.A., you know, and all the grocery stores, they are owned by Koreans. Remember what happened in the Rodney King riots? Remember, what was the first place all those thugs went? The Korean stores. The only ones that survived is when the Koreans came out saying, hey, I got an AR-15, and they shoot in the air. Okay, homie said, leave that one alone. Other places, Koreans had no weapons because no LAPD. They burned them to the ground. And Ice Cube actually made albums about that, called us Red Angel Varmints. He hates us. I hate you, Ice Cube. I hope you melt down. But anyway, here's the scene from Friday the movie where the guy goes in. This happens almost every day all over America where they fake a slip and fall, and then they want to be paid to go away. Man, get your punk ass up. It ain't even wet over here. Hey, well, look here, man. Just give me $10 and I won't say nothing. Give me $10, he says to the Korean who's in the owner of the grocery store. Meantime, the brother said, man, man, you, you did a slip and fall. It ain't even wet here. And they do this every day. When you run a mom and pop shop or you run a chain, they do this every day. And they go to these lawyers. I don't know how they look at themselves in the mirror every morning. I sue, I sue, like Bruce Lee. Ha, ha, I sue, ha, ha, ha. And they get, uh, they get, uh, they cut paper, paper cuts on their fingers, maybe a staple or two. You know, they bleed a little bit. Oh, my God, they got to get a third of the action here. You know, uh, I'd rather deal with prostitutes and whores rather than lawyers. I mean, they're the worst. Scum. They really are. You, you, you see how much it costs us taxpayers because, hey, the politicians, it ain't their money. And then check out that guy in the bowels of city council the other day. It was Thursday. And there's a proposal. Oh, this is going to make a crime time 24-7-365 in New York City, right? You, you better move out now if you own any property because the city council, in their infinite lack of common sense and wisdom, does not want you as a landlord or a real estate agent or somebody who rents apartments to be able to do a background check on any of your potential clients. No background checks. So there they have uh, an open session. Landlords came, spoke against it, okay. And, you know, most of the city council people there, they, they don't pay no attention. You know, they, they're too busy pleasurizing themselves and making calls in the hallway trying to shake down donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a landlord, hey, I tell you. Times are kind of hard, you know. I could use a campaign donation. You might be able to sweeten me up. You know, that, that's how they operate. They're crooks, all right? They're white-collar criminals. So they're all doing other things. In the meantime, you have this group, New York Voices, sitting there. African-Americans, you know, they got, they got this, this uh, sort of Malcolm X, by any means necessary, look on their face. So uh, their spokesperson... He decides to rant and rave. Listen to what he had to say in open city council chambers. Not anyone 
Not anyone criticized him, condemned him, or said, yo, man, you can't be saying that here. This is not about felonies. It's about race. It's about black people. You see them Asian people that I just was talking? I live in Rico Park now. That is the racistest neighborhood I've ever been in. And there's nothing but Asians in there. If you go in the store, they will follow you around like you're getting ready to steal something. So that garbage that they was talking up here, because that's all it was, was garbage. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want black people to live in black people's neighborhood. Because it's not their neighborhood. Because they from China, Hong Kong. We from New York. Yeah, and you know, it turns out he's a uh, sex offender. Turns out the guy's a sex offender, right? Yeah, I want a sex offender living in my apartment building right next uh, to my house, right, with my uh, my daughters and sons there, right? I, you think I have a need to know? You think I need to look at the sexual offenders registry list? He got an apartment in Regal Park. He's a sex offender, and he's complaining. In the meantime, none of the city council people there said anything. Because let's face it, a lot of them agree with that. Like, come on, let's be perfectly honest. There's a lot of black hate out there against Jews. There's a lot of black hate against Asians. Why? For the very same thing. Uh, Jews and Asians are doing very well. Their kids are doing well educationally. In fact, a lot of Jews have gone on to private schools. They don't really send their kids to public schools like they used to. They used to be the ones who excelled in public school. They would get into all the specialty high schools like Stuyvesant, Brooklyn Tech, Bronx High School of Science. And they put a cap on Jewish kids in the 60s. They were doing so well. Now they want to do it to Asian kids because they're doing so well. They go to public schools. Thank God they do. It's sort of like lifted the curve. And now they're being told, no, you're doing too good. We got to cap you. By the way, you're lucky to be here from uh, China, Taiwan, Formosa, a.k.a. Uh, Hong Kong. That's why we're Americans. We have a right to shoplift and boost from you, right? Nobody said anything because they agree with that. A lot of these city council people, they hate Asians in so many ways. Why do you think I was the first candidate ever in electoral politics, citywide elections, to win as a Republican the Asian Chinese American vote. Because they know blacks have turned against them, treating them just like this guy. I want to hear this this guy again. My God, this guy's a sex offender. They welcome him into the Florida City Council. Listen to him again. This is not about felonies. It's about race. It's about black people. You see them Asian people that I just was talking? I live in Rico Park now. That is the racistest neighborhood I've ever been in. And there's nothing but Asians in there. If you go in the store, they will follow you around like you're getting ready to steal something. So that garbage that they was talking up here, because that's all it was, was garbage. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want black people to live in black people's neighborhood. Because it's not their neighborhood. Because they from China, Hong Kong. We from New York. Yeah, you're, from the, you're a sex offender, and they gave you an apartment in Rigo Park, right? And he's complaining. You know, everywhere he looks, he's like Ross Perot, man. The Viet Cong, they were running through my backyard in black pajamas. Yeah, man, that's why I got to leave the presidential election. There. He sees Asians wherever he goes. He walks into a store. Now, if you saw this guy walking into your store, I don't care who you are. You're following him around. 
you know he's like a locust through a cornfield. Man, he's going for the malt liquor, right? He's going for old E, Colt 45. He's going to have it inside of his trench coat, right? <laughs> you know that. And go grabbing a few chips on the way out. And then, of course, there's that famous scene. It's always been this way. Let's go back to Do the Right Thing. Spike Lee's joint, 40 Acres in a Mule. What a great movie, right? Danny Aiello, the guy who owns a pizzeria there in Bed-Stuy, Do or Die. I'll never forget when I was a kid on one side of Fulton Avenue, downtown Brooklyn. They were the Italians. The other side, the blacks, constantly battling. And then remember, Bugging Out. Bugging Out was there. Spike Lee was a delivery guy. It was a great movie. But remember when Bugging Out... He gets his slice. He's arguing with Danny Aiello, giving him a hard time. And then he looks up at the Italian Hall of Fame, and he starts riffing. Hey, hey Sal, how come we got the brothers on the wall here? You want brothers on the wall? Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. You can put your brothers and uncles and nieces and nephews, your stepfather, stepmother, whoever you want. See? But this is my pizzeria. American Italians on the wall only. Look, we got some brothers up on the wall, you know, Malcolm X, Nelson Mandela, you know, you're Michael Jordan, tomorrow. Come on, you get him out, all right? I'm trying to get him out. I mean, he grabbed the baseball bat, Danny Aiello, his sons took it away. Over a slice, he was paying a buck fifty for a slice. He wanted more mozzarella cheese on it, remember? And then he took the Parmesan cheese from the craft container, right? And he's like dousing it. Some Gabons, they go in and get a slice, right? And they take the craft. Uh, Parmesan cheese, and they put it on the slice. And remember, Danny Aiello takes it away from him. This is what you got to deal with when you're running retail. You could be West Indian, Caribbean. You could be African-American. You could be Dominican, Puerto Rican, Mexican. You could be white, Jewish, Gentile. You could be Asian, Chinese, Vietnamese, Korean. It doesn't matter. They're unified. Shoplifters and boosters, they come in. They feel they're entitled to steal what's yours. And they don't understand it's a nickel and dime business. It's a nickel and dime business. And the city is not there to help. They're there to tax. They're there to write fines. They're there basically to drive you out of business. You would think that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, would tell 5-0 NYPD, you know, the best the best pro years ago, right, when they used to be hitting jewelry shops like they're hitting now. You know, they come in and they just, within two minutes, they clear out a jewelry shop. They smash and grab. There used to be a shotgun squad when a jewelry store or a liquor store was getting hit over and over. The police would send in the shotgun squad. These were DTs. They'd sit in the back and they'd wait for the guys to come in to hold up the liquor store or the... Um, jewelry store and they had their winchester fully loaded shotguns and when they came in and said your money or your life they came out with the shotguns and oftentimes some of these coppers had a trigger finger you know it's like oh you know it's a trigger tri- head trigger here bam okay you don't have to worry about three hots in a cot free optical free dental free trips to the law library to find nuances in the law to free you so you can come back and hold up more jewelry stores, and obviously, uh, <laughs> oh, bring back the shotgun squad, right? You imagine these mutts and scales coming in with their ski masks on and their guns, you know, like in the movies, holding it over their head, and all of a sudden, 5-0 comes out, cocks that shotgun, and says, lay down on your bellies like the snakes that you are, or meet your maker, say your last prayer. And then put two slugs right between their medulla and cerebellum. Yeah! Old school style. And yeah, give the cops their nightsticks back.
Give them back the nice gifts. Curtis Sliwa's style, old school. That's what we need more of in NYC before the rest of you flee. The exodus continues. And now, you know, some of the reasons why. Up next, they want you to mask up again over my dead body. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Cowbells, Christopher Walken says. More cowbells. Remember that famous scene on Saturday Night Live. Never can forget it. And now the father is doing the same thing to his son. Who am I talking about from that famous scene of uh, Saturday Night Live where Mad Dog Christopher Walken. No, not Mad Dog Chris Russo of the fan. No, no, I, I, I hate that guy. Although now he's on, uh, you know, satellite radio. Who fought his satellite radio? We're here to save AM radio. Because, hey, I like the Grim Reaper, Elon Musk. I know he's your hero now. Oh, Elon, he's safe free speech on Twitter. Yeah, you're a twit using Twitter and you think the whole world revolves around Twitter. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. While you're engaged in idolatry of Elon Musk, he and other who are manufacturing electric cars, have eliminated AM radios from their SUVs, their trucks, their cars. That's it. They've said it's over AM radio. There's nothing we can do. You're dead. We're not going to carry terrestrial radios any longer in the cars. Oh, yeah, nice guy, Elon Musk, right? Nice guy. Oh, no free speech to AM radio. Well, guess what? We're fighting back. We're the 50,000 powerful watts of sound. We're the number one news talk station in the nation. From our Tower of Power in Lodi, right next to Bada Bing. That's right, the, the strip joint there in Lodi. 38 states, parts of Canada, they hear the 50,000 powerful watts of sound all the way down at Davy Jones's locker between the Haven for FTX, the Sam Coin guy, the Scam Coin guy, who's being protected by the Bahamian criminals of their government, claims he's going to be testifying Tuesday before a congressional hearing, right? Even though Maxine Waters said, nah, we'll take a pass. We don't want you implicating all of us Democrats who took FTX. 
damn coin money, do we? That's one. And then how can I ever forget to the king of entertainment radio here at WABC on the weekends, our own... uh, our own cousin Brucey, who got his start there in Bermuda. That's right. Nobody would hire him in America. Not in California, New York, North Dakota, Texas. He had to go to Bermuda for his first radio gig. What was it? AM. AM, active-minded. And I kid you not, they're making this specious argument that they have to eliminate AM radio in every car that comes off the assembly line. And who's leading this? Elon Musk with Tesla. Maybe he's upset that so many of us believe that it was really Marconi who invented the radio and not the Serbian Tesla, right? Because, you know, it's Italian, right? Italians versus Serbians. Who's going to win around here? You can count the number of Serbians on one hand. Italians are everywhere. Look at Staten, Staten, Italy. We're going to talk about that later on as we pass off the 50,000 powerful watts of sound to uh, Vinnie Madugno. Who's going to end up buying that condo that's being vacated by Pete Davidson, who has said, oof, father, Staten Island. I may have made my bones here, but I'm moving to Brooklyn. Brooklyn? All my relatives moved to Staten Island from Brooklyn. He's doing reverse osmosis. So it's either the prince of Staten Island, Vinny Madugno, or it's uh, the guy who claims he's the king of Staten Island, the oldest young guy you'd ever want to know, the other side of midnight, Frank Morano, right? Well, we'll talk about that towards the end when I pass off the 50,000 powerful watts of down. But I got I to I announce to all of you what's happening outside. This is incredible. The floodlights are going. You see guys coming in there online. It's raining. They got the umbrellas out. They're fl- in order to get into this uh, Frank Sinatra extravaganza, VIP only, you had to have won a contest. The men have to show their boulevard watches. Yeah, you know, no bull of a watch. If you got a Rolodex watch, you know, from some of those vendors now selling opposite Radio City Music Hall or on Canal Street, you're not permitted to come in. You got to flash a bull of a watch. And I mean, you can see there's Ramsey Mazda signage everywhere as the floodlights are all up there. Joe Piscopo, Jersey Joe, hosting this live performance with a band in studio here at WABC is in the house. He's all tucks down, six to eight. You can listen to it here on AM radio, active-minded radio, or you can watch it on the stream at WABCradio.com. That's WABCradio.com. And, I mean, more joy, more knockers as we battle the evil forces that would remove this thing of ours that we love, AM radio. That's right, Elon Musk, Chrysler, Ford, General Motors, and those foreign cars, especially the Japanese, Toyota, Hyundai, South Korea, huh? Yeah, we saved you Tukas's over there, right? After the war, we saved you. We saved you from North Korea, right? And what do you do? You remove our AM radios? What ingratitude. This is all out war. Oh, oh, we love Elon Musk. Yeah, he's taking away your AM radio, huh? And that's why you got to flip the script. You got to get the app. You know, iPhone, smartphone, all those phones. Uh, step the burner phones. The guys with the gumatas. Uh, some of them I see. I recognize them online now with their boulevard watches. Uh, who's that woman you're bringing in here? Oh, that's your wife. Okay. It's not Friday night. We get it. And the burner phones. You know, everything. The Ob- even Obama phones can handle the app. Uh, come on. Or the streaming audio on your laptop. Or the streaming audio on your worktop computer. You can hear it crystal clear all over the world. That's why AM will always survive, Elon Musk. Chrysler, Ford, GM, you will not destroy this thing of ours. They've tried five times before in my lifetime. I'm 68, soon to be 69, March 26th, if I make it.
Because, you know, I've got mm, uh, nine lives like a cat. We're going to be talking animal welfare tonight. Don't go anywhere. When I come back for the Quinella, 11 or 12 with my wife, Nancy, the animal rescuer par excellence. I've used eight of my nine lives. I'm going to make it. I may not make it past March 26th, but I'm going to make it on March 26th. And let me tell you something. We have got to go to war. And just think of it. On this very day where we have a two-hour extravaganza for Frank Sinatra, what would have been his 107th birthday, we have live and local reports. No more oldie moldy news on the weekend that I've been raising the roof about. Frankie Diaz, stay in the Bronx. Go get a slice of Tommy's there on East Tremont. And I give Tommy's my best. Every time I go there, he goes, your money, it's not welcome here. I think I'm going to get a free slice. He goes, no, you don't understand, Sliwa. We don't want your money here. Ah, from the days of, hello, gorgeous. Vinny Bassiano, head of the Banano crime family, who is a hairstylist that I would make fun of on East Tremont. And when I did so on the radio, he said, I'm going to whack that guy. Problem was, the guy he's wanted to whack me first. Hey, where is he now? Hello, gorgeous Vinny Bassiano. Oh, that's right, Florence, Colorado, Supermax. Although I think they transferred him to Butler in North Carolina. I got to watch my P's and Q's if they let this guy out. Hopefully never. But I digress. Yo, Bonzi, I hope I got that name right, is our live and local broadcaster, Gnome Laden, uh, director of newscasts, John and Margot Katsimatidis, owners and operators who rescued this thing of ours that we so love, WABC, from the scrap heap, and our president of operations of our parent company, Chad Lopez. They are doing what they pledged to do 24-7-365, with special emphasis on the weekends to entertainment theater of the mind, because they know you don't want to get hit over the head. I mean, it's all politics all the time, Monday through Fridays. We know the line, right? They, they all like parrots. Uh, Democrats suck. Republicans are great. And then, okay, what else? Oh, wait, tonight you're going to hear me riff and bust your bubbles about Brittany Griner, the so-called Marine the merchant of death, Victor Boot. And nobody's talking about Adnan Khashoggi years ago, the world's richest man who was our merchant of death from Saudi Arabia, our fair-weather friends. Oh, you're going to be wanting to listen to 9, 9 to 11 before the animal welfare hour. But what we got to talk about now is what they're calling the triple-demic. Oh, my God. We thought it was over, right? Coronavirus, then the various derivatives of COVID-19, everybody being forced to mask up like a sphinx. And I know, I know it's coming back. Because two out the caucus today in the Upper West Side, when I went for the bagel with the schmear and the cup of coffee, they, Curtis, where's your mask? I said, what, what, what? More fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. What are you talking about out the caucus? I mean, they had the New York Times, you know. They're getting a double hernia there, right? You know, the New York Times. They had to get the hard copy. They're going to have their bagel and schmear and their Starbucks, and they're going to argue over the letters to the editor. That's how dedicated they are to their beloved old great lady, the New York Times. By the way, the writers there went on a strike. Wow, that was a tough strike, right? 24 hours. Oh, a lot of pain at the New York Times. My father, when he used to go out on strike... The National Maritime Union. He was a merchant seaman, 54 years. He'd come home, he'd say, kids, Francesca, the ship is tied up. We're going to be out there on the picket line. Six months, it's going to get brutal because they got thugs and we're going to have to battle them and we're going to depend on the longshoremen and it's, it's going to be brutal. But guess what? Every night is spaghetti night, no sauce. 
No sauce. No gravy. No. No gravy. No sauce. Plain spaghetti. Put a little butter on it, Francesca. We got to tough it out. Now, that's a strike. And many of you were veterans of that. You grew up in the same kind of union households. When they went out on strike, nobody crossed the picket line. Because then you had the longshoremen there with their hooks. You crossed that picket line as a scat. Poof. And all of a sudden you say, how'd you get that hook in your back, Harold? That's because I'm a scab. I crossed the line. None of that anymore. Oh, New York Times, we're going out on strike. 24 hours. I saw Frankie Diaz over there saying, I'll be a scab. Count me, I'll be a scab for 24 hours. See, these youngsters, they don't know the history of when you're going out on strike, when your father comes home and says, it's spaghetti every night, no sauce, no gravy. Or a bowl of pasta vazoo once a day. It sticks to your ribs. You'll learn to live with it, kid. And no allowance. Your job, Curtis, is to clean the house, the bathroom, right? I used to give you a quarter every week for cleaning the bathrooms on Saturday. You know, top to bottom, Mr. Clean. Janitor in a drum, the whole nine yards. You know, the tidy bowl man, that's what they call me, the tidy bowl man. Hey, you got to clean the house. I think he used to flip me a quarter. That was my allowance. Sorry. Daddy's on strike, no allowance, and you still got to clean the bathroom. And then my mother, Francesca, would come in and examine it underneath, you know, pick up the, oh, look at it, underneath it. Well, you, you know, well, you lift the, the lid right on the house, uh, the porcelain palace, that's what guys do. They leave it up instead of keeping it down for the women, right? Anyway, I digress here. So they got this triple-demic now. And Fauci, who started all this madness, this guy who uh, needs with Joe Biden to go into long-term senior citizen home care center. He claims, oh, he's, uh, I'm Brooklyn. I went to Regis High School. I was captain of the basketball team. Hey, let me ask you, Brainiac. You got no football team at Regis. To me, you're not a real high school. And you were the captain of the basketball team at Regis, right? All the Brainiacs uh, who went to Jesuit high schools. Uh, what was your record? Zero and 32. Oh, wow. You were captain of a great team. And you were captain of our health care policy going back to Ronald Reagan, right through Trump, now into Biden. You finally promised to retire. And hold on a second. I want you to play in this order. Uh, pay attention here. I want you to play uh, cut number 21 first. He was asked a question the other day. He promises he's out of our life. I doubt it. If he could, is there anything he would have done differently from the time that he came on and he botched the response to HIV AIDS in the Reagan administration? If I went back to 2020 and knew what I knew in 2020, I wouldn't do much differently. If I knew in 2020 mm. what I know now, we would do a lot differently mm. because back then... We were not sure of a number of things. Yeah, you could have fooled me, Mr. Big Stuff. I was at the Martial Arts Expo at the Tropicana in Atlantic City. And it was Lunar New Year, and I'm coming home because uh, I had to do radio that day. It was Sunday. And I'm pounding the hound, the greyhound, right right, in Atlantic City with all the mutts and skells. Yeah, you know, they're all they're dope fiends over there. If you ever gone to the greyhound, when I, a lot of you guys, degenerate gamblers, you lose all your money, or, or they give you, they get, hey, we'll give you a Greyhound ticket. Get out of here. You ain't got no money. We, you don't get, you got no coin. We ain't giving you no credit. So as I'm writing back, I'm listening on the app, the WABC app, to our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, who was interviewing Dr. Fauci 
This was in uh, January of 2020, right? Where John rightfully was saying, you know, the first case of coronavirus has been detected uh, outside of Seattle, Washington, in a senior citizen home. Uh, what do you think about that, Dr. Fauci? What can you tell the American people uh, about what's going on? Should they be scared? Uh, I don't think so. The American people should not be worried or frightened by this. It's a very, very low risk to the United States. It isn't something that the American public needs to worry about or be frightened about because we have ways of preparing, of screening, of people coming in, and we have ways of responding like we did with this one case in Seattle, Washington, who had traveled to China and brought back the infection. No worries. Be happy. Nothing's going to happen, right? This is the head, the czar of all our health care policies since Ronald Reagan. Telling our own John Katzmatidis, not a problem. One case outside, sleeping in Seattle. The person was sleeping in Seattle. She was in that movie. Meantime, it's percolating. And who's responsible for this? Of course, Dr. Fauci for funding that Wuhan biological lab. Yeah, with our American tax dollars. But naturally, he see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, because he was being greased by the Red Chinese over all the years. So if given the opportunity of doing anything over again, nothing. No, I wouldn't do nothing. And then remember, he told us, you don't need to wear masks. Because now we found out he and the Surgeon General during the Trump administration knew there weren't enough normal masks and N95 masks, the most valued masks for healthcare workers, for doctors, for those that were on the front line. And so what did he do? He lied to him. Ah, you don't need no freaking mask. And once we had enough masks, you got a mask up. In fact, if you're wearing Depends right now, take the Depends from below south of the border your navel and just put it over your mouth. I understand the breathing may be a little difficult, especially where that Depends was. But you need to cover your nose, your mouth, if nothing more, so you won't infect others. And I thought it was over. Ladies and gentlemen, I thought it was over. Thank God it was over. Remember, uh, Joe Biden in his basement in Delaware announced the pandemic is over. Remember? No, no, no. They're coming back from all my, oh, no, my. They're coming back from it. You know how I know they're coming back from more? I heard it on the Joan Hamburg show, the queen of radio. Oh, my God. I was listening to this Alta Caca talking to her. You know, one of these New York Times women, she wrote a piece in the New York Times, a very good piece about how to survive when your spouse passes. And let's face it, women outlive men. They always do. And especially Jewish women. That's why Jewish guys die so early. I had a personal experience along those lines. One time I'll share you. Now I know how Jewish guys feel, why they die earlier than their wives. But anyway, they're going on and on. Very interesting uh, interview. Joan Hamburg always has such really good guests. And they were getting into the nitty-gritty of it. And then all of a sudden, her New York Times thing came out. And, oh, no, I said, Joan, Joan, please, your guest is saying what? That was earlier today. Two to three. I mean, every Sunday, two to three. First, it's Cindy Adams, one to two. And then it's Joan Hamburg, two to three. And then yours truly, right? It's like the Trinity, the Troika, the Trifecta. But when I heard this from her guest, I said, say it ain't so, Joan, say it ain't so. Still scary, and a lot of there are a lot of people who've removed their masks, which they shouldn't, and which I yeah. certainly haven't done. Um, and uh, you know, you have to you have to be careful. Oh, 
Here we go. Now I know why the Altakachas were assaulting me this morning when I went for my schmear and my cup of coffee. Fear, fright, hysteria, and hype has returned. And now they're calling it the triple-demic. It's not just COVID-19. It's not just flu. It's RSV. What the hell is RSV? Oh, it's bad. What well, can you explain? Oh, it's really bad. I know I'm a layman. I know uh, I'm not an MD. I know, uh, you know, I'm a high school job. But can you tell me what RSV? Oh, it's worse than COVID. It's worse than flu. It's the triple-demic. Time to mask up over my dead body. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Your love is fading. I feel it fading. Uh, your love is fading. I feel it fading. Your love is fading Woman, I feel it fading Woman, woman, your touch Your touch has gone cold Don't touch me Got a mask up Remember Dr. Fauci when he was doing magazine covers when he was out poolside there at his home in the Beltway wearing the shades, acting very cool, hip happening. Decided to say if you had to fornicate and copulate hipsters and millennials who couldn't control your libidos, you would have to do it with a mask on and gloves. That's right. A mask. And remember that that. Dictate that edict from Dr. Fauci, anonymous sex was good as long as you masked up and you had Playtex gloves on. Oh, my God. And this guy, this guy can't leave fast enough. And when uh, he says, oh, there's nothing I would do over again, let's forget the mishigash he gave us about coronavirus and then COVID-19 and all the variants and the... uh, Wuhan uh, biological web that he was funding. Dr. Fauci, I hate you. I loathe you. I despise you for what you did in outsourcing the torture of those beautiful beagles to Tunisia, third world country. We saw those beagles being laid out on a gurney, being collared down. They couldn't move their heads. There was a cone over their heads. And then these Tunisian torturers released sand fleas that ate the skin off their skulls. To this day, you've never explained what the hell was the purpose of that experiment. And you probably derive pleasure out of that, a vicarious thrill. Like clockwork orange, you fiend. Never once explained that. What was the purpose of outsourcing torture of beagles to Tunisia? Because you couldn't do it in the territorial United States, so you outsourced it to a third world country, right? And when asked the question, no more questions. No, this is Dr. Fauci. He's he's omnipotent. He's pretentious. He is. This Jesus Christ, 
is God the Father, and there's Dr. Fauci. Remember him and uh, Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, King Cuomo the second, the son of Mario Fauci, Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo the first. Remember when they were like Ike and Mike? Hey, you know, we're like, uh, uh, like Pacino and De Niro, right? <laughs> well, people were dying. Speaking of Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, I will never forget how he came into New Rochelle. Remember, it was like March, March 1st of 2020. I'll never forget it. And he rolled in there, New Rochelle, Westchester, with the National Guard. And remember, King Cuomo declared it to be a hot zone. Ground zero, he said. And he had National Guardsmen actually cleaning people's bathrooms and turlets in hazmat suits. And then who rose to that occasion? Oh, he was so brave. Not the county executive of uh, Westchester, George Latimer, surrounded by a phalanx of people who were ready to eat Chinese. And you know something? They weren't Jewish and it wasn't Sunday night. But they were going to defy this perception that coronavirus was coming in from Red China by going out and dining on Chinese food in New Rochelle. Right now we're here uh, to have lunch uh, at, a, at a prominent Asian-American restaurant here uh, at Old Mandarin, and we're in the, uh, the town of Greenberg, right on the White Plains, Greenberg borderline. Wasn't that so brave of him? And then I'll never forget, I was listening to our own Mark Levin at night, 6 to 9, Monday through Fridays, and the owner and operator of a long-term senior citizen home nursing care facility called up. And she said, Mark, are you aware of this King Cuomo executive order? Because remember, back then, King Cuomo could do no wrong, right? You know, he had the nipple ring on, and he had all the Cuomo females who were going gaga goo goo. Oh, I can't wait for my Cuomo update every day. Oh, they were like having an orgasmastic frenzy. Oh, we're Cuomo girls. Ooh, ooh, he's got the laptop out. He's got the PowerPoint, and he's got that nipple ring. Can't you see it right through his pullover? He's on his way to becoming president, winning the Emmy Award. Oh, my God, he could do no wrong. And then this woman out of nowhere spoke to Mark Levin. I listened, as many of you did, intently. And she said, out of the slew of executive orders, there is one that requires me and other nursing homes to accept COVID-19 positive patients. And Mark said, you're making this up. I'll never forget. Mark was stunned. Yeah. You're pulling my chain. You can't, nobody would would sign an executive order. Like she goes, Mark, I know you don't believe it. You can come up to my nursing home. I have the executive order right here in my hands. This applies to me and everyone else from Buffalo to Brooklyn who owns a long-term senior citizen home care unit. It requires me to take senior citizens back that we sent to the hospitals that were diagnosed with COVID-19. It's going to kill my other clients. And it did, 16,000. And remember who was the spokesperson who was the shield for Andrew Evil Cuomo? It was the Doogie Hauser of our lifetime. You may not have remembered, but it was the evil Dr. Death, Howard Sucker, Commissioner of the New York State Department of Health. Now, why do I call him Doogie Hauser? He was the youngest guy ever to become a doctor at the age of 16. He was like a boy genius. He grew up in the Bronx. I think he went to Einstein uh, up there in the Bronx. 
And he uh, elevated himself because obviously he knew the right people to schnorr in the Cuomo administration. And he became the commissioner of the New York State Department of Health. And when I first saw him, I said, he's no Neil Patrick Harris. Isn't that odd? Neil Patrick Harris was Doogie Howser, M.D., right, at 16. And he was a skirt chaser. And all along, he was a gay guy. Man, that's a great actor. But I digress. And now he's trying his resurrection, Cuomo. Oh, he's now Mr. Law and Order. He's a, don't ask him a question about the long-term nursing home care units because he goes, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I won't forget. And now they're calling for a triple-demic. A triple-demic. They want you to mask up. Study after study is coming out now. You see, don't believe government propaganda. I don't believe anybody's propaganda, not Republicans or Democrats. New York City health officials urge New Yorkers to wear masks indoors. You know, they're going to force it on our kids in the public schools, right? And watch. Some of the other schools will follow, the charter schools. Wuhan to Facebook. Why can't Fauci explain key early COVID decisions? Because he got, he got greased. Hospitals in New York City brace for combined onslaught of flu, RSV, and COVID. And I continue to ask... I continue to ask all of you, what is RSV? What is RSV? And they say to me, the medical authorities, the cause for this wave of illness are very complex, Curtis. And we're still trying to understand them. But we want to put fear, fright, hysteria, and hype into you. Like we did the first time because it worked. And so now, because I won't wear a mask, all the autococcus are surrounding me. Say, you're a man of influence, Curtis. Put on a mask. I said I would rather die than put a depends over my face. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. They're back, Metallica, going on tour, brand new album. They've been resurrected like we were here at WABC from the grave. And this song, Nothing Else Matters, because now they're trying to turn us into a sphinx again, wrapping us up with gauze, preparing us to be in that casket. And for me, it'll be a cardboard box for you, a regular. Oh, if you're orthodox, right, they throw you, give you a dirt bath. They're putting fear, fright, hysteria, and hype in. And I say to myself, wait, wait, I ask, I ask, doctors, doctors, many women of influence. You have all the education, right? You went to medical school, you owe hundreds of thousands of dollars in student aid, right? What is the cause for this wave and illness? And you tell me it's too complex and still being understood. As a layman, maybe it's from all the vaccines. Uh, since the vaccines were unproven, untested, and we went on the fly giving vaccines, forcing them on everyone, or as Eric Adams and Bill de Blasio said, my little pretties, either put your arms out, civil servants, or you will lose your house, your job. And you will be impoverished. And there won't be any place in the shelter system for you. You'll be riding the E-train with the rest of the emotionally disturbed and homeless. Take the vaccine or lose your job. 
But hey, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, anti-Semi, you know, no vaccine. Hey, we need the Brooklyn Nets to get into the players. Oofa. Right? Right, 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 right. To this day, there are hero men and women who are the health care providers, the sanitation workers, the cops, the firefighters, the teachers, first line. Oh, we applauded them. Remember March of 2020, the lockdown. The transit workers who lost more of their men and women than any other civil servants applauded them. They showed up every day and got swallowed into the belly of the beast, the ICUs and the ERs. Ventilators, ventilators, never to return. And now, what has Eric Adams said? Tough noogies. That's it. You ain't coming back because we got a new wave. It's called... Well, yeah, what is it called? Oh, it's a combination. It's too complicated for any of you lay people. Trust us. Like, trust Dr. Fauci. What are you, crazy? We're going to go through this again? We got a mask up. You're going to start with our kids, right? Little kids in, in pre, 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 pre K, right? The, the mask is falling off. They're picking it up. Hey, the germs on the floor. Doesn't matter. Put the stinking mask on. We listen to Dr. Fauci. We listen to doctors. What about this RSV? Oh, shut up. It's it's too complex for any of you to understand, little sheep. Can we live or will we die? Do as we say or you will die. And there won't be a ventilator for you. We're going to mark that. That's right. We'll, we'll, we'll find you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is happening all over again. And you know, in this date in history, oh my God, they'll be telling us that smallpox has come back. Yeah, pretty soon, smallpox too, because smallpox in 1979, the very day that I started the Guardian Angels up there as a night manager of Mickey D's Webster Avenue in Fordham because of the crime crisis, was officially declared eradicated. Well, guess what? At the rate that they want to squeeze us, these elected officials, because they want to get back to where they can just write executive orders, executive orders. Remember King Cuomo? Remember Murphy? Half in the bag, Murphy and Trenton there. Hey, knuckleheads, you do as I say. I squeeze you. They love that. They love that power. Executive order after executive order. Now it's like you got to mask up indoors. We're just suggesting it. You know what this is leading to. And I noticed the fear, fright, hysteria, and hype, all the old out there. Hey, you want a mask up? Put three freaking masks on. And tomorrow morning I will be on, as I will be on now, twice a week, Sid Rosenberg, renamed Sid Rosenberg and Friends, although I think an addendum applies, fiends and foes. Sid Rosenberg, friends, fiends, and foes. I'm a foe. To balance out the idolatry that he and his many guests are involved in now, kissing the tuchus of Eric Adams, uh, swagger man with no plan. Although a monkey wrench may have uh, been thrown into that process. Remember, the clock is ticking. We were told December 14th, the night of Wednesday, Sid will sit with Eric Adams, mayor now, and the greatest mayor we ever had, Rudy Giuliani, to discuss public safety matters. But after... uh, Sid called Eric Adams crazy three times Friday morning because he saw that his very dear friend and pal was now in favor of reparations, 40 acres and a mule, for anyone who can trace their lineage to uh, slavery. What about all the slobs? Right? What about from the Balkans? I'm a slob. Right? That means slave. 
What about that uh, that show we grew up with? It could never be done now, right? I Dream of Jeannie. Remember I Dream of Jeannie, right? She was a slave, slave girl. Remember in the bottle? Remember found by the astronaut? Who was that? Larry Hagman? Remember? She was a slave girl. Sex trafficking now, right? Couldn't have it. But I digress. It's coming, ladies and gentlemen. So tomorrow I am going to confront... I'm going to confront Sid Rosenberg and say, Sid, you were the only one who stood up at first and said, no mask, no mask. Not no mask, no mask. When the Altacockers were assaulting him all over the Upper West Side, when he would go into Riverside Park, when he would walk through Central Park and he had no mask, remember how the Altacockers would descend on him and say, you're going to spread the disease. And Sid said, F you. I supported Sid then. No mask, no mask, because that was me too. And now we're going to join in solidarity. We've got to stand up to Eric Adams and his health care czar, this guy. I mean, the guy, the head of hospitals, uh, this guy named Cohen, he looks like Psycho Boy if you've ever seen him. He's got, his hair is like all dark. It looks like he put shoe polish in it, right? It's dripping down his side. I'm like, Psycho Boy, you've got to put masks on. We need to control you. This is the purpose of government because you can't think for yourselves. People have no consequence. We, we are your sheep herders. We, you follow the sheep herders. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. <laughs> Lead us to the slaughter. <laughs> so I'm going to convince Sid Rosenberg. That's right. You're going to be listening tomorrow in the 7 o'clock hour. I'm going to convince him with brothers in solidarity on this. No mass, no mass. You know what Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, is going to say. The science says we got to mask up again. There will not be a meeting with Rudy Giuliani. There will not be a sit-down on Wednesday, December 14th, that Sid originally prognosticated as a kingmaker, as King Herod. Figure that one out, huh? A lot of you are saying, whoa, that's a pretty good comparison, Sid Rosenberg. That's right. King Herod. And who's his Julius Caesar? Well, who else? Who does he kiss Tuchus of? Along with Bo Dito and Peter King. Oh, they love Eric. They're going to love him when he says mask up again. We're moving in that direction, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to the response of people in the streets. As you heard from our live and local newscast now on the weekends. Thank God we had Yao Bonzi bring this to our attention. No more oldie moldy news as we battle Elon Musk and all those forces who are hell-bent on removing AM radios from their electric cars. I feel like maybe it's necessary at an urgent yeah. care facility or, you know, a hospital where people are sick. But in, you know, general places, I don't I don't think uh, we'd be wearing them. We take our vitamins. We eat good. I don't go all over the place. I wear a mask when I have to. That's right. You take your vitamins, your vitamins. And you know what? A lot of those docs and vitamins. No, you might as well drink water. Right? Uh, vitamins don't work. They, they told us vitamins don't work, right? Vitamins, right? I listen to Jack LaLanne. Remember Jack LaLanne, the calisthenics, the isometrics with a chair. Six o'clock in the morning, there was Jack LaLanne swimming in the Hudson River, pulling an ocean liner with his teeth. He took vitamins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going to tell me Jack LaLanne was wrong and all of you. You look at the schlebby, nebbishy doctors, right? They're hunched over. Don't take vitamins. They're no good. Let me do surgery. Because this is all I've been trained to do, surgery, and put the mask on. Put the mask on. Yay, F you in the mask. Got to be listening tomorrow.
Sid, I'm going to be on twice a week. I'm the antidote to this love affair that he's having with Eric Adams. I promise you all I will break that love affair. First it was the reparations. Now it'll be the mandatory masking. And I'll figure out the third thing. But I swear on my mother and father's grave at St. Mary's, right there in Queens, right along the L.I.E., there will not be a sit-down over my dead body. Because if there is, I'll find out that restaurant, and I'll get into that bathroom first, and I'll make sure Rudy knows exactly what I put in the bathroom. You figure out the rest. Anyway, let's go to Ernie, who's been patiently waiting on the lines in Port Chester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ernie. Ah, oh, was. With the uh, AM radios and these new electric cars, I don't know. You're 68, right? Hey, I'm 68 soon to be 69. What of it, Ernie? Well, remember years and years and years ago when you were just a little guy like me, maybe three, four, five, six, we'd watch television in a car or a truck would go by the house and you'd get this in the radio or the television. Yeah, yeah, I remember and that. that. And that was due to the uh, ignition distributor in the car because of that eight, eight, four, six, or eight wires going to the spark plugs, which would uh, cause them to what, what, what do I got to read? Motor Trend Magazine, uh, Popular Mechanics. What the hell? You know what we did when we heard that noise, when it filtered into the TV uh, reception and the radio reception, we put rabbit ears up on the aerial, you know, on the roof, and we got UHF, UHF, which was cable for us. We could barely see it, remember? Wow, there's something more than network TV, but I can barely see what it is. UHF, what the hell did that stand for? Who knows? It disappeared. Where did UHF go? You know, it's sort of like limbo. Remember the Catholic Church had limbo for unbaptized babies? You're an unbaptized baby. What happens to them, father, sister? What happened? Oh, they go to limbo. Limbo. And then all of a sudden I said, what happened to limbo? You know, it's not in the catechism anymore, the Baltimore catechism. Where did limbo go? None of your business. You ask too many questions, Curtis. Well, where did those babies go, the unbaptized babies? None of your business. Don't worry. You're secular, right? We take care of that business. It's like that. Yes. Where did UHF go? Where did the rabbit ears go? Where did the aerials go? What happened to them? We used to look at it as being progress, as you would be on your rooftop, you know, your tar beach in the summer. That's right, in the tenements, when I would jump not because I was breaking into apartments. Let me get that straight. It was a macho, maniacal thing right there on Alabama Avenue in East New York, the tenements. I would be forced by my supreme cuisine cousins, Joey Beans Bianchino, <sighs> jump from the rooftops. Proof you're a man's man, right? From roof- and in case the cops were following you, and the cops would never jump from rooftop to rooftop. And if you missed, well, you know, splat. But you used to look at all the aerials on top of the tenements and you say, this is progress. Because now everybody has their own TV and they have UHF. Look at the rabbit ears. Right now you have the satellite dish in which they're stealing signals. You ever look at those tenements? There's like 50 dishes on the side. You think they're paying for that? They're paying Ugat, Spupkis. Back then it was an aerial 
and the rabbit ears, UHF, and that meant you were living the American dream. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Oh, Christine Aguilera, who had a cup of coffee on Staten Island. I think she went out, got a cup of coffee at the age of six, never came back from Highland Boulevard, and then did the bird to Pittsburgh. Fled. But actually, in Staten Island, they try to hold on to their own. They say, Christine Aguilera, right, Staten Island? Not. She fled to Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. Pittsburgh. But the flight continues, ladies and gentlemen, and I think... Because per capita, per person, when it comes to those listening in the five boroughs, we have more people listening on Staten Island than any other borough. That That's analytically true. Plus, I favor Staten Island because I won 80% of the vote out there against Eric Adams, Swagger Man with no plan. If it was up to Staten Island, I'd be the mayor of the city of New York now. But that's old history. The reason I play Christine Aguilera is because we got a problem. There is flight from Staten Island whenever I go throughout the North Shore, Mid-Island, and South Shore. I see all these for sale signs. You can tell people are on their way out. They go to Florida, obviously, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown. And who has led the flight but the guy who was dubbed the king of Staten Island, uh, Pete Davidson. As you know, he was a real mamaluke living in the uh, basement of his mom's house and then got his own condo, right? Seventh floor of an apartment building overlooking the harbor of New York City. If you went to Ferry Hawk Stadium, you would see that same thing. Amazing. That empty mall next door, which has, like, become the catacombs. You know, it's, oh, my God. But what did Pete Davidson do? He said, I'm out of here. And where's Pete Davidson going? Brooklyn! Or as uh, the uh, the oldest king of Staten Island, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, says Brooklyn. He's fleeing to Brooklyn. And you know why he's fleeing to Brooklyn? And he's trying to sell his condo there. By the way, it went on sale for view yesterday, December 10th. And I was hoping that Frank Morano and Rachel and Carmine would be online. And the Prince of Staten Island, Vinnie Madugno, coming up next. Teacher at Port Richmond High School by day, entertains the night. And then back-to-back, belly-to-belly, his extravaganza. Five to six, uh, as he is the protege of Cousin Brucie on Saturday, who follows six to ten. And, of course, coming up right now, hoping that they try to maintain the presence there by taking out a reverse mortgage and a payday loan in order to afford that condo. By the way, payday loans are illegal in New York, but I think they're legal across the Outer Bridge Crossing in New Jersey. So we'll get an update from Vinnie Madugno there, but think about that. Why is Pete Davidson leaving? I'll tell you why, because once again, Staten Island, which was going to put up the Ferris wheel. Remember the world's biggest Ferris wheel right there in the North Shore next to Ferry Hawk Stadium, next to that mall that's uh, like the catacombs now, next to the ferry itself. And then they couldn't even put up the Ferris wheel. Why? Uh, 
political corruption. Uh, let me say, both sides, Republicans and Democrats, had their beak in the trough. But how did Pete Davidson, a guy who fancied himself as the king of Staten Island, and he really was. I mean, everybody came to Staten Island with him, starring in Saturday Night Live, comedy shows, even at Caroline's, it's going to be boarded up and naturally uh, in as many movies. Oh, yeah, Staten Island, yeah, yeah, Pete Davidson. Then he was stupid enough, him and his pal from Saturday Night Live, Colin Jost, to buy that old Staten Island ferry right to JFK. I could have warned him. No! No, my father back then, well, we would take the ferry, right? Because they hadn't even put the plank up. I won't tell you what plank it's called. I remember staring there from the White Castle, 86th Street, Bay Ridge, with my, my uncle Vincenz, right? He was, he was betting on pigeon races, and he said... Our relatives, they're all going to leave. Well, what are you talking, Uncle Vince? Well, this is Brooklyn. We love Brooklyn. No, no, they're, they're going to get on that you-know-what plank. They're out of here to Staten Island. And he was right. Half of them left. They did this hop, skip, and a jump. You know, they went to uh, Staten Island first, South Shore, Italians, you know, Staten, Italy, and then uh, down to the Jersey Shore, next stop, uh, Florida. This is the problem, though. You screwed over your hometown hero, Pete Davidson. All the ladies out there who went cuckoo, cuckoo for Pete Davidson because, man, you know, that guy's got a hose. Ah, yeah, I mean, that's macho, maniacal guy, even though he looks like a geek, right? Hey, you know, they all flocked to Pete. And now he's leaving. You know why? Because Staten Island screwed him over. They sold him the cockroach Staten Island ferry named the JFK. I think it was from 65. That's when they used to, you actually used to be able to put your cars underneath the Staten Island Ferry before they finished the plank, and you go over there, and I remember I'd go over there with my mother, Francesca, and the 54 Ford with the wood paneling, old Betsy station wagon, with my older sister, Alita, and Maria, because my dad, the merchant seaman, he was in the Straits of the Verrazano, and all of a sudden he was going to go through the Arthur Kill, Kill Van Cole on the Gulf Deer and unload in the tank farms, and then we'd take him home for a few days, and then he'd have to go back. But the fog would set in, and my mother would say, well... We got a few hours before Dad gets in. Let's go to the Staten Island Zoo. Okay, Mom. Yeah, great. They only had horseshoe crabs in the Staten Island Zoo then. We'd be petting horseshoe crabs for an hour. You know how humiliating that is? And then Pete Davidson hits, and they screwed him. They sell him a Staten Island ferry, the JFK, that's loaded with cockroaches and asbestos. They screwed their own son of Staten Island. And you know, you know what? I can tell you where the cockroaches are and all the times I go back and forth. You see, when you be sitting on the seats there, especially the SSJFK, right there, you know, when you be sitting there underneath, just in case the ferry ever went down at Davy Jones's locker, they had, you know, they had all of a sudden the life, the life, uh, not the life rafts, they'd have the, the life preservers. And all the cockroaches over the years, over that horrible food, they would never buy the food that they sell at that stand on the Staten Island Ferry. You'll get salmonella. You'll get tomain poisoning. They'll have to pump your stomach. And then, naturally, people would have one bite of a dirty water hot dog. Yeah! And would slip in on the seat you were sitting underneath where they had the life preservers. And then the cockroaches with a... And they fornicate and copulate, and now there are millions of them on the SSJFK. And the asbestos is everywhere. 
You're screwed over, Department of Transportation. Your own hometown hero, the king of Staten Island, who is now fleeing, he said, you screwed me, Staten Island. So now it's time for Vinny Madugno to step up, the prince of Staten Island. And Frank Morano, the oldest young guy on Staten Island that I've ever known, the other side of midnight. Yes, he'll be back uh, in the wee hours of the morning after Dominic Carter at 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., and I think it deserves a rescue. If not, I may have to move to Staten Island, right? Oh, that'll scare the hell out of every politician there. It would say, what is he moving to Staten Island for? And I'll say, <laughs> to run against you, my little pretties. <laughs> and then I'm going to bring my kumbadachi, Rudy Giuliani, to run against that ambulance chaser, district attorney that you have there. Who's a Democrat that the Republicans will not challenge. Oh, yeah. Hey, Rudy, you ready to come with me to Staten Island? Because you're really the king of Staten Island and I'm the prince. Look at our vote tallies, right? When he ran for mayor and when I ran for mayor. Need I say anything? But, oh, the floodlights are on. The Sinatra extravaganza. The men are showing the bullable watches. Oh, there's uh, all kinds of signage out there. It's, it's going to be great. Six to eight, you don't want to miss it. And if you want to see it, go online at wabcradio.com.